You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Koch. This programme is broadcast every Sunday from 6pm to 8pm and in it I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. And I'm very happy to tell you that tonight I'm speaking to someone in Frankfurt in Germany. His name is Charles Spitz and I'll tell you about him in a moment. Good evening, Charles. Good evening, Richard. Lovely to speak with you again. And good to speak to you too. And I just want to tell our listeners how this came about. Uh, A little while ago, I got uh, a message from Charles, who lives in Germany, to say, could I put him in touch with someone in the archives at the SABC? Because he was looking for recordings of a pianist whom I sort of had vaguely heard of called Isidore Epstein. And I put him in touch with them, and lo and behold, he found some recordings, or they found some recordings of Isidore Epstein. So I think that's a good place to start, Charles, as to why you are interested in a pianist who came to South Africa many years ago called Isidore Epstein. Yes, indeed, Richard. That's um, Isidore has been a fascination of mine because many years ago I was a student or a pupil of his daughter, Renee Lewis, and she was uh, Nee Epstein, and she had always spoken of her father, Isidore, as a great romantic virtuoso um, of, the, of the ilk of Moiseevich and actually good friends of Moiseevich. And he was a pupil of Busoni, and I have always had the uh, desire to really hear his um his timing his pianism and he he, he was a, a associate of the royal college of music at a very young age and a pupil of busoni and i i i in a way wanted to um uh, liken him up to the, the 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 styles of the other great pianists who are who i, who I enjoy very much in in, in the line of Joseph Hoffman and uh, von Zauer and Paderewski. So this was um, something I had always hoped to, to, to find some discography of his. And um, I, I, in fact, got in touch with you through Dr. Carol Baron Thompson, who was a pupil of Isidore's. And she gave me your, your contact details or told me that you're at Classic FM, and, um, and that's how I got in touch with you. And it is, it's an amazing story, and lo and behold, they did have uh, recordings of Isidore Epstein and also an interview uh, about him, because he, he died as quite an old man uh, in the Indeed. 1970s, I think. Yes, he died, uh, if I'm correct, in um, 1974. He was born in 1883 in The Hague, and... Um, went to, to England at a young age, and he was 91 when he died, and um, had um, quite a career in England, and uh, um, p- performed under uh, uh, Sir Henry Wood in the early uh, BBC Prom concerts, and uh, uh, a succession of those in the, in the mid-19, uh, I think, 12 and 15, 1917, 19, I think I think 1907, actually, when he first started uh, playing at the Queen's Hall. So he had 
quite a bit of notoriety at a young age. And then um, on doctor's um, uh, recommendations, he went to the Southern Hemisphere for a, for, for a better climate. That was my understanding. And, um, and then he had a, a large teaching uh, piano school in South Africa. And he actually um, taught some um, quite well-known South African musicians, including um, Glyn Townley, Anton Hartman, Vedana Chertko. I'm not familiar with Vedana Chertko, but um, I understand that these were um, pupils of Isidore's. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. And, and I've just read a, a biography of Anton Hartman in which he talks about uh, Isidore Epstein. But let's listen to your first choice of music, which is one of the Chopin etudes played by Murray Pariah. That was Murray Pariah playing Chopin etude number one, the choice of Charles Spitz, who's my guest in People of Note. And we were talking about Isidore Epstein. So I did a little inquiry of my own about Isidore Epstein and was amazed to discover that there were several very distinguished piano teachers in South Africa. He was one of them. Of course, uh, Adolf Hallis was another. And then I started thinking that actually uh, Lamar Krausen came out to teach in South Africa. Thomas Reiner came to teach. And these were very distinguished teachers. And I asked why. Charles, was there any indication from your side? You said he came here for health reasons. But there must have yes. been something else to draw these people. There must have been a pool of talent here that these people wanted well, to come and work with. My understanding from Rene Lewis, his daughter, was um, that... It was purely on health reasons. It wasn't because um, was, I think in in London he had um, the Royal College of Music, which he was an associate of. He was um, uh, he had peers and um, he had a, a very well established music school that um, offered bursaries as well. Um, and I forget which bursary it actually was that was offered. But um, I'm sure there was something that attracted him to the southern African climate and mm. um, opportunities here as well. And what was it about his, his style of piano playing that you are interested in? Well, Isidore had a very um, special rolling and swing technique. In it, As Dr. Carol Baron Thompson told me, um, he, it was rather, you could liken it to a doorknob. Uh, rolling at, at those old Edwardian-style doorknobs, um, those brass ones, and it, the hand moved in that way. So it was about timing as opposed to Lechetisky's centralising of the finger on top of the key, which was the focus of Lechetisky. Isidore was um, concentrated on the point of timing one note to the next, which was, uh, I understand, more fundamental to him. And... Uh, you've obviously uh, studied this in other pianists as well. Are, are you a pianist yourself, by the way? I'm a very amateur pianist, Richard, but I've, I've enjoyed, um, as, I, as, as I mentioned earlier, I was a pupil of his daughters, so I, it was in the same romantic style, and that discipline came through to me, and um, I've been fortunate to have some other wonderful teachers as well that um, are quite well acknowledged in music circles. 
So your your second choice of music is the pianist that you talked about earlier, Joseph Hoffman. Let's listen to him playing a Rachmaninoff prelude in C-sharp minor, and then we can talk about this particular style. Here he is, Joseph Hoffman playing the Rachmaninoff prelude in C-sharp minor. That was the pianist Joseph Hoffman playing the prelude in C-sharp minor by Rachmaninoff, the choice of Charles Spitz, who's my guest in People of Note. Is there something that we should be noticing about Joseph Hoffman's playing? Well, there's a particularly wonderful tempo and a deep resonance that comes from the piano. And it's the color and contrasts with, with an overall towering performance from him. And interestingly enough, Richard, I, I've been to Steinway Hall in London and in um, Steinway in Frankfurt, and they have the Steinway Spereo system, which is... Um, which replicates the exact tonal qualities of the original performance. And they have Joseph Hoffman playing this prelude. And it's 95%, I understand, identical to the, to the, to the color and temperament from the, uh, from the performance that it was recorded from. Yeah, because these are all historic recordings, I would think. Yeah, yes. indeed. Yeah. And how did you first get involved in these historic uh, recordings? Because uh, obviously you are interested in the style in which these people yeah. play. And and pianism, the styles of playing the piano, have obviously changed a lot over the years. They, they have indeed. And um, today, it, for me, it's it sounds more generic. I think the music is taught in such a way that interpretation is somewhat stinted and... Um, there's a degree of rubato, but um, the, the, the turn of the century was a, a warmer, more mellow than the bright sound that people desire today from, from the piano. And and do, do you think it was music. more individualistic? I think so. It was more individualistic and um, it came more from the heart than from a desire to to be um, uh, a musician and uh, to be a performer. It came more from the inside, the, yeah. the desire to And I think that the, true, the, the same is probably true of orchestral performances because you listen to some orchestral performances of great conductors from previous eras and they are quite idiosyncratic. Sometimes they're much faster or much slower than we're used to hearing. And everything has become slightly more anodyne now, I think. Indeed. It's, it's, uh, there's a more restrained uh, approach. And, and that, that is the fundamental difference, I would agree. Okay, well, here comes another pianist that you mentioned earlier, Benno Mozevich. And this is a Chopin Nocturne in E minor. That was another of the choices of Charles Spitz, my guest in People of Note, uh, the pianist Benno Mozevich playing a Chopin nocturne. And is there something special about Mozevich's playing? Again, of the old romantic style, the rich tone, the magnificent shaping of phrasing and the timing with um, the dynamics yeah, uh, and I notice you've chosen two of his recordings. There's uh, Schumann Traumerei coming up. Um, but just 
let's digress for a moment because although you play the piano, this is not your main occupation. You, I think you're in finance in some way. Well, I started in finance. I am in finance. Um, I am an associate of the South African Institute of Chartered, I think now it's called the uh, Chartered Governance Institute. And, um, and also I'm an associate general accountant of the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. And, I've, um, and I'm now in Frankfurt working for a, a very bespoke um, company in FINA Security. And we are in compliance and regulatory compliance for information security in the investment banking area of, um, of things. So very cosmopolitan. We have a, lo- a large um, diversity of people from across Europe. And their focus is on, again, positive attitude to life and business and always quality of things coming first. So like with music, it's, um, it's aligned. <laughs> And and obviously, you're, this is listening to pianists and playing yourself is is your big hobby and love. Yes, indeed, it's um, I enjoy analysing the, the the interpretations of uh, different. Uh, and I've had the opportunity in London to go to the the, the concert halls, Royal Festival Hall, Barbican. I've seen all the great pianists many times over. And um, they're they're all a joy to 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 hear, and and, pre- and presumably where you live now uh, in sort of Central Europe, uh, there's opportunity to hear probably even more pianists now. Indeed, because everything is so central. You, in a short while, the the continent is is uh, accessible on high speed trains and. Um, uh, one can be in Paris within several, a few hours. And in Berlin? Berlin, Berlin Philharmonic, I've, I've heard several times, and uh, a great orchestra. I've not heard Sir Simon Rattle conduct it, but um, their new conductor is, is, is excellent too. And it's interesting to note that Simon Rattle has, is going to relocate to Europe, and I guess, was that one reason for your moving to Frankfurt, uh, uh, because of Brexit, it's 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 one of the reasons, um, uh, Richard. Um, one, did, there was a lot of uncertainty with Brexit and uh, the restrictions that it might bring. And I, I do like the continent very much, and I have lots of excellent colleagues living on the continent. And um, uh, and the, as as I say, the opportunities are wonderful here. Mm. And I have friends in Italy that I visit, and it's also accessible within the Schengen zone and um, there's no visa requirements so yeah. but you Brexit, but you did grow I up yeah you did grow up in Joburg I grew up in jo- Joburg yeah. that's right okay and, um, that's correct your next choice is uh, Mosevich playing again this is uh, Traumerei of Schumann that was the famous pianist Benno Mosevich playing Traumerei by Schumann, the choice of Charles Spitz, who's my guest in People of Note. Now, the next pianist you've chosen, I'm afraid, doesn't mean uh, too much to me. Martin James Bartlett. What what about him? Well, Martin James Bartlett is a young musician, and that's why I've, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, and uh, he's 
he's done very well in at a young age he won the bbc young musician competition winner of 2014 i think and he's recently won the cleveland international piano competition albeit remotely and i understand that was um done at steinway hall in london beijing and i think new york and um he has won that and has uh, a recording uh, contract with Warner Classics, and I understand this piece comes from that, which is signed in 2019. And he's recently been a recipient of the Benjamin um, Fellowship uh, Award from the Royal College of Music, and has um, played for notable people like the Queen at St Paul's Cathedral. I think that was on her Golden Jubilee. And I find his temperament uh, very colourful. He brings out the textures and colours and the dynamics of the of the piece, and I thought this was rather a nice piece to demonstrate his his playing. Uh, well, it's Widmung uh, by Schumann, I presume, in an arrangement by Liszt. Yes, I understand so. Here it comes, Martin James Bartlett. That was Martin James Bartlett playing an arrangement by Liszt of a piece by Schumann called Widmung. And it's quite interesting that Liszt uh, used to arrange or paraphrase pieces by other composers. This was in the days, I think, before uh, intellectual property rights. And it was also a way of advertising uh, music by various composers. Uh, he used to take songs by Schubert uh, and, and work them into big arrangements. People used to take uh, music from operas too, and and um, elaborate on it. Paraphrase, I think, was the word that Liszt used. So, in many ways, that's an, a very interesting recording. And obviously, from a young, up-and-coming pianist, uh, when you say you know him, Charles, have you um, have you met him, and do you follow his career? Um, I well, unfortunately, we've not been able to meet because of a, a continuous lockdown and. Um, Corona and making travel rather difficult, but uh, we speak uh, on uh, face FaceTime and um, yes, yeah, so the, so it's yeah. uh, it's like that. Yeah, and you mentioned when I chatted to you once about uh, another person who's very interested in styles of piano playing and pianism is uh, um, an, a man called Ainley. And and he's yes. obviously making a, a study of this as well. Yes, Mark Ainley. He's um, he's very very um, knowledgeable, and uh, I understand that his his interpretation of the great pianists is always very interesting to 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 get his perceptions and. Um, interpretation well and people can hear him he is i followed a very interesting youtube discussion with him you can find him on youtube a i n l e y is his surname mark ainley and i recommend to our listeners to go and listen to him play and talk because uh, i found it absolutely fascinating and one of the interesting things about my conversations with charles also has been uh, the, the reasons we we talked about this earlier why people like Adolf Hallis and and um uh Isidore Epstein came to South Africa 
And in fact, they turned out some very talented pianists from South Africa. And in my discussions with various people, I've discovered that uh, Isidore Epstein and Adolf Hallis had a sort of rivalry in Johannesburg because I've spoken to some people who were students of Adolf Hallis. And apparently the two styles of Adolf Hallis and Isidore Epstein were very different. Uh, and so they attracted different students as well. And your next choice is a very interesting one of Glenn Gould. Now, this was someone who had a very distinctive uh, style of playing. And in fact, he gave up playing concerts and just turned to recordings. Just tell us a bit about Glenn Gould. Well, Glenn Gould came to note for me as I had a friend in Switzerland who always played Bach. And I never understood Bach. I never understood the harmonies. And he played Bach continuously at a beautiful Steinway. In fact, he had three. And, um, <laughs> and, and one day he said to me, I'm going to get you a present. It was, I think, still in the days of CDs, nothing online. And um, he got me a double album of the 1955 and the 1981 Glenn Gould Goldberg variations. And he said, listen to this and then tell me you don't understand Bach. So Glenn Gould provided me with the understanding that I could then listen to Murray Pariah and all the other great pianists after that play Bach. He, it just clicked once I heard Gould. And the interesting thing about the, the Goldberg variations, these were pieces, uh, I don't know whether our listeners know this, that were written to be played by a harpsichord player called Goldberg, who was employed by some nobleman uh, to play music for him because he had uh, he didn't sleep very well, the nobleman. So he employed Goldberg to play for him at night to help him sleep. And that's why Goldberg has been uh, cemented in our memories because of the Goldberg variations which were played to this nobleman every night to help him sleep. And here is Glenn Gould, who's a very distinctive pianist and a very distinguished pianist, playing Goldberg variation number one. That was Glenn Gould playing the Goldberg variation number one. And I seem to think uh, that actually there are two different recordings there. Are there, uh, Charles? Yes, that's right, Richard. The one is a 1955 recording and the other one he did many years later in 1981. And it's completely different tempos. The very the, the first one is a very fast tempo and the 81 recording is a very slow tempo and that contrasts his interpretation on the day yeah. he recorded. Isn't that interesting that, well, in those days, of course, in the times of, of Bach and Mozart and Haydn, classical and uh, Baroque times, there were no um, indications, uh, metronome indications. It just said allegro, which means fast. And fast for one person is not the same as fast for another person. And in fact, in this case of Glenn Gould, um, tempi could vary considerably. And I've, that's one very interesting aspect of of uh, music is that tempi can vary depending on the day and the time and the year of recording. And I think that's a really interesting comparison. Have you found that in, in many of your uh, discussions about pianism indeed uh richard there's often such 
varying interpretations and it's always interesting and if it's done with uh, a certain um, approach then one can accept it and i think that this is why going to concerts live is so important because unlike going to see a painting let's say which remains static and the same music is a living thing uh, do you have any comment on that yes indeed it's it's how you are on the day and that could be quite different to the next performance that um that they that they give so hearing the great pianists usually they have an annual performance at the big concert halls in london um they're always uh, they're always very enjoyable but it's always interesting to to hear their interpretation on that particular occasion yeah do you have is there a big concert hall in frankfurt um there is there's the alta opera in frankfurt and um it's rather large indeed yes and uh, have you been able to go to things or has everything been shut down during lockdown everything is completely shut down and um, it's just unfortunate for the artists and the musicians that this is yeah. how it's been so long and there's no sign of opening up yet not at the moment no it's yeah. um continuous yeah. in uh, fact i've just spoken to a friend of mine in berlin who's in the uh, staatsoper in berlin and he's just had everything cancelled for another month now for the month of april right so it's a bad situation and now you're coming up to elections i think as well in germany aren't you that's correct indeed so it'd be interesting it'd be to interesting see to see the the sort of the early results of how people react to lockdown and to yeah. the current situation. Well, here comes another uh, interesting pianist, Georgi Chifra. Uh, just tell us about him and why you've chosen Gnomen Reigen. Um, well, Chifra is a very interesting pianist. I find his inner timing and rhythm quite unparalleled in that it's just such a natural feeling for pulse and um, perfect rubato. He's just got wonderful temperament to, to, to rhythm. And that's why I've chosen. So here it is, Gnomen Reigen, played by Georgi Chifra. That was a piece called Gnomen Reigen, uh, as played by Georgi Chifra, the choice of Charles Spitz, who's my guest on People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. It's broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. And perhaps you know someone who might make a good guest on People of Note. And if so, please write to me. My email address is my name, R-C-O-C-K, rcock at iafrica.com. And I'm always happy to get your letters, making suggestions also for things on People of on uh, Full Works, which is broadcast every weekday evening from 7 to 10, except on a Friday when it's from 6 to 9. And recently, I've discovered all sorts of listeners all around the world. We've got listeners in France and Italy and Germany and the UK, even as far afield as uh, New Zealand and United States of America. So please, let's hear from you. 
R-C-O-C-K, rcocketiafrica.com. Tonight, I'm talking to Charles Spitz, who is in financial services. He works in Frankfurt in Germany, and he's very interested in styles of pianism. And I see one of the greats coming up now. This is uh, whereas many of the previous ones have been sort of more historical, other than Murray Pariah and Martin James Bartlett. What about Alfred Brendel, Charles? Well, Alfred Brendel's very special. I've heard him as well many times. And I was at his last concert in London, and that was there's always a, a, a very moving Schubert work that he often includes, and it's just sublime, lyrical, so very noble and gracious with um, wonderful phrasing. And so Brendel is included there. And this is the Impromptu by Franz Schubert, played by the great Alfred Brendel. That was the Schubert Impromptu, or a Schubert Impromptu, played by Alfred Brendel, the choice of Charles Spitz, my guest in People of Note. Charles, just going back to your own youth, um, did you have piano lessons here in Joburg? And if so, uh, you, you said it was with um, the daughter, was it, of... Yeah. of um, yes? I was rather late in having piano lessons. And, um, and Renee Lewis was the daughter of Isidore Epstein. And... Uh, she often spoke of his temperament, his style, and the old romantic, describing him as um, an old, as the old romantics were, and um, so important is the is the um, the warmth and um, rubato of, of of the playing. Yeah, and and interestingly enough, um, uh, just recently. Um, we've we've been talking a lot about Isidore Epstein, and you said that he'd uh, performed with Sir Henry Wood, and Henry Wood started the proms com, proms concerts in 1895 and conducted them for about 50 years, so he must have seen a lot of soloists come and go through his concerts. Indeed, and uh, and the proms still go today at the. Royal Albert Hall. Isn't that so amazing? Imagine a concert a series going for 125 years or whatever it is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Isidore was in the early times when there wasn't recording, unfortunately, and there's not the discography. And um, unlike Moisevich and Rubinstein in America, where, where they had the recording contracts with the great recording companies, in South Africa it was very limited. And unfortunately, we do not have much um recording of Isidore but at least we've got something now that you discovered and that's in it was like a sort of treasure trove it's an absolute treasure trove and it's his his own works are um are unbelievably uh uh composed in the old romantic style with some impressionism and um it's just a, a wonderful find. So he was to, a composer as well. He was a composer indeed, and I'm not quite sure how prolific, but um, his compositions, which um, which I would like to to look into further, 
at some point. I haven't had the chance. Well, it would be interesting to know if there are any listeners to the Full Works uh, and to uh, people of note who actually remember Isidore Epstein or his daughter, in fact. And if they do, can they contact you, Charles? And if so, how do they contact you? They can contact me on Facebook or um, on email, charles.spitz at icloud.com. Okay, there it is, charles.spitz at icloud.com or on Facebook, which is just at Charles Spitz, is it? Yes, just under... So there you are. And I'd be interested to know if, if people do contact you. Because so here's, here's the email, charles.spitz at icloud.com or at Charles Spitz if you're on uh, Facebook. I understand, Richard, that... Um, Renee Lewis had said to me that she had a recording of her father's and she was going to play it to me at some point, but she never ever did get around to playing it. So I do understand there is a recording out there, if it still exists, that was done as a um, in-house work. Well, let's see if any of our listeners have memories of Isidore Epstein or perhaps even some of his recordings. You never know what comes up. So there are a challenge for our listeners. Uh, any information on Isidore Epstein, a pianist who lived in South Africa until he died in uh, 1974. Um, we did discover um, some uh, recordings of his own pieces on in the archives at the SABC. And perhaps in the future, we can do a program on him, uh, which which might be quite interesting. And perhaps other South African pianists of fame, and I mentioned Tommy Reiner, who's also in his 90s now, uh, Lamar Krausen, who came to live in South Africa, Adolf Hallis. There must be recordings of these people somewhere, and we'll certainly try and dig those out. But your next choice is Evgeny Kissin. This is much more current now, and this is another uh, transcription by Liszt of a Schubert song, Die Forella, the Trout. That was Die Forella, or The Trout, that famous song by Franz Schubert in an arrangement or paraphrased by Liszt, and it was played by Evgeny Kissin, another of the great pianists. The one other person that you've talked about a couple of times is Carol Barron, and I remember many years ago uh, a performance with her at the University of Johannesburg, or Rao as it was in those days, and I see she's coming up now. Just tell us about Carol Barron. Well, Dr. Carol Baron Thompson was a pupil of Isidore's, and in my um, endeavours to um, acquire some discography of, of Isidore, um, I um, approached Carol as a, as a, a pupil of his, and um, I, I wanted to understand from her how his temperament and playing, um, which was quite aligned to what his daughter had always told me, and I understand that a couple of the, his own compositions he had actually dedicated to Carol. And she is, a, a, again, of that uh, virtuosic, carries the beautiful singing tone. It's, it's instilled in her the delightful phrasing and so very lyrical. So, um, and she was one of the first musicians to go to China, I think you mentioned it earlier, uh, after the Cultural Revolution. She was... The, understand the first pianist. There had been other musicians slightly prior, but um, in 1983, she 
performed with um, the Chinese Philharmonic Orchestra, and the and I think the piece you're going to play is the final rondo from the Emperor Concerto, Piano Concerto Number no. Five. Yes, it is. And if I'm not mistaken, was she from Zimbabwe originally? I understand so. And she's actually currently there, and um, we speak occasionally now. Oh, is she in Zimbabwe now? She is, yes. Okay, because that was another place where a lot of very interesting musicians came from Zimbabwe. Many of them came to South Africa, and... Um, a lot of broadcasters also came from Zimbabwe. So there's been a strong connection between South Africa and Zimbabwe for a long time. Here's a pianist, Carol Baron Thompson, uh, originally from Zimbabwe, now back there. But this was her playing in 1983, uh, the final movement of Piano Concerto No. 5 by Beethoven under the conductor Yuan Fang. That was a recording of Carol Baron Thompson playing the rondo from Beethoven's Emperor Concerto. The conductor was Yuan Fang, and that recording was made in 1983 in China. Must have been one of the, as you said, one of the early uh, Western musicians to visit China in those days. And now, Indeed. of course, uh, China has an incredible reputation for concert halls. Um, uh, Florian Ulik, who comes out to South Africa regularly, uh, says, you know, the number of concert halls in China is just unbelievable and of a very high quality with Steinway pianos. So China is obviously one of the places to be. And this brings up another interesting point, is that uh, people from the East, and there are many pianists amongst them, have become great interpreters of Western music, which is another interesting subject, Charles. Well, it is. Um, and... Um I can't say that um, I particularly enjoy the music of uh, the musicians from the East. Yeah. Uh, I like Mitsuko Kida very much, yes. uh, but she was trained in Austria. Because they're um, very good technicians, most of them. Very good technicians, very good technicians, and that's pretty much where it ends for me. <laughs> Well, but obviously, uh, you've chosen Mitsuko Uchida uh, playing yes. the Schumann Piano Concerto. Uh, Indeed. And, and this is a fantastic recording. So let's listen to that now. This is Mitsuko, Mitsuko Uchida playing part of the Schumann Piano Concerto with the Berlin Philharmonic under Simon Rattle. That was a recording of uh, Mitsuko Uchida playing part of the Schumann Piano Concerto with the Berlin Philharmonic under Simon Rattle. But it is an amazing performance. It is indeed. Her phrasing is always immaculate. And, and that's what I've always liked and admired in her playing, is the shapes and phrasing, such a wonderful temperament. And um, I think she demonstrates it well here. Yeah, and we're, we're certainly hearing some of the great pianists of all time now. Now, another name which comes up every now and then is Emil von Sauer. Um, and this is, uh, I mean, I don't know much about Emil von Sauer. Perhaps you can fill us in a bit. Well, Emil von Sauer, again, is um, demonstrated as a, as a pupil of Liszt, the aristoc aristocratic um, pianism and... Uh, Everything just flows and cascades through so naturally. The phrasing is 
impe impeccable with a beautiful tone. And Emil von Sauer has um, been remastered by um, Ward Marston. Marston Records makes, he's one of the greatest sound engineers. He's uh, a jazz musician, blind, but um, a wonderful sound engineer. And I have several of his recordings. Um, and I understand he did some work for Naxos label some years ago. Now delivers just under his own. And he's got some really magnificent works from Rachmaninov, playing Rachmaninov. And um, the Emil von Zauer is something, along with um, the Pachman uh, and Hoffman series, wonderful Hoffman series. Uh, so um, Emil von Zauer is of the same ilk and uh, just demonstrates the time of that playing. You mentioned Rachmaninoff there, and there are some recordings of Rachmaninoff playing. Do you have any of them? I do. I have Marston Records, which have re-engineered the and um, done a wonderful uh, remastering of this. Um, so I do have Rachmaninoff playing Rachmaninoff. Because oh, that's that's obviously obviously very interesting. Is hearing. Uh, composers play their own music because very often it's quite different to what we expect. It is indeed, um, and I think that's something that um, Mark Ainley has um, discussed in one of his um, uh, broadcasts: is what the audience expects from the composer if they were to hear the composer, and it's often quite different. So there's Mark Ainley mentioned again, and if, if our listeners want to listen to him, just Google him, Mark, A-I-N-L-E-Y, and you'll find some really interesting stuff uh, about pianism and pianists. But for now, let's listen to Emil von Sauer. This is the famous Liszt Liebestraum, or it's a sort of nocturne, really, Liebestraum number three, the most famous of the three that he wrote. That was... Uh, Liebestraum by Liszt, played by Emil von Sauer. Now, here comes an interesting person. Uh, Paderewski is your next choice. And yes. he was a politician. And it's very interesting in history uh, to look at people who've had other careers. Uh, lots of Russians had other careers. Um, several people in classical times studied law before they went into music. Paderewski remained, he was foreign minister of Poland, and a bit like Charles Spitz, who's my guest tonight, he's uh, in finance, but really interested in piano playing and styles of piano playing. Uh, is Paderewski one of your favorites? He is. I, I would say Paderewski could be in pole position, Richard, uh, at number one, with Hoffman closely on side or behind. Um, Paderewski, as you say, was a politician and a great humanitarian, probably the highest paid musician of his time. And of course, he signed the Treaty of Versailles after the First World War as a great statesman too. So um, for me, his phrasing, his timing is just sublime and um, he is included in my list of yeah, isn't it amazing to think that uh, a politician in those times had the time to be a concert pianist as well? <laughs> they seem to be sort of mutually exclusive in terms of time alone. Indeed. Today, it's more likely that uh, 
musicians are politicians because to be a musician these days uh, in a very senior position, I'm thinking of people like Daniel Barenboim or Simon Rattle, you need to be something of a politician as well. Would you agree with that, Charles? And, and, and Barenboim is a, a statesman-like person. He has the East-West Divine Orchestra and he tries to align the... Um, the, the, the people in in uh, in Palestine and Israel, and he does a lot of work in that in that field. So he is he is, as you say, quite um, prolific there. Yeah, well, here's Paderewski, and this is the famous Hungarian Rhapsody, or one of them, by Franz Liszt. That was the Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. Ten by Liszt, played by Paderewski, who was the Foreign Minister of Poland for many years and then uh many people who who would you say you say paderewski is your favorite followed by hoffman where does sviatoslav richter fit into all that well richter is a very interesting pianist um he has um he's very inspiring and captivating he builds up quite a, a tempo and um his execution is brilliant so he's a legendary musician um and the leipzig recording demonstrates his beethoven capabilities so do you have favorite recordings of these various people that we've been listening to that you think are sort of the definitive recording of certain of these works i mean we've played hoffman mosevich glenn gould paderewski so uh, many of them presumably have a sort of particular recording that you like to listen to. I do, but I can't say I have a definitive yeah. list. No, but I have... But you obviously have, have a lot of recordings, many, yeah. So I here, enjoy that. I can't yeah. really say definitively, yeah. no. Well, here comes Sviatoslav Richter, and this is one of the movements of the Sonata number no. 30, Opus 109. This was a recording made in Leipzig in 1963. That was Sviatoslav Richter playing Beethoven's Sonata number no. 30. It was the Vivace, the first movement of that, a recording made in 1963, the choice of Charles Spitz, who's my guest in People of Note. And we're sort of coming to the end of the program now, and I just want to repeat that if... Uh, if you have any information about a, a South African pianist called Isidore Epstein, then it would be great if you can get in touch with Charles. His, his email is charles.spitz, that's S-P-I-T-Z, at iCloud.com, or you can find him on Facebook at Charles Spitz. And he would love information about, uh, well, any information about Isidore Epstein, but also if you're interested in styles of pianism and particularly uh, the pianism of people we've been listening to like Mosevich, Hoffman, Glenn Gould, Georgi Chifra, Alfred Brendel. It's a sort of older generation of pianists which he finds interesting and which I have to say is very different in many ways to the pianists that we hear today. Is that a fair thing to say Charles? Indeed it's quite a fair thing to say Richard. Yeah. <laughs> it's and and your last yeah your, your last choice is Marta Argerich. Now she's yeah. 
she's of that generation also. Just tell us a little bit about her. Well, Martha Aldrich is quite an enigma in that um, I've booked her so many times in London and the concerts have always been cancelled, except for a couple. Uh, I was so looking forward to her her playing Beethoven Piano Concerto Number 3 and that was, I booked it a year in advance and it was cancelled. And I landed up listening to her playing Prokofiev and um, Rebel um, and Ravel and um, for left hand, I think it was. And the impressionist style of music doesn't appeal to me, but I went to, to hear Martha Ogrich. And uh, she's such a special pianist, and um, she just drives the music with such tempo, and it's just effortless. And it's a special energy that um, I enjoy from Martha Ogrich. So she's. I think recorded this at the Verbier Festival. And the piece is the second piano concerto by Beethoven. We're going to listen to one movement from it, and then uh, we'll say goodbye to Charles. So here it comes, Marta Agrich playing part of the Beethoven piano concerto number two. That was Beethoven's second piano concerto, or part of it, played by Marta Agrich. And that brings us now to the end of this program. We've been looking at Uh, pianism through the ages and uh, particularly looking at older styles of pianism with Charles Spitz who is a great piano lover and a lover of various styles of pianism but he's in financial services in Frankfurt and we hope Charles that things open up there soon and open up here soon but we're very grateful to you for taking time Thank you very much, Richard, for having me. It's been wonderful speaking with you. It's a great pleasure. And um, that's where we're going to finish the program tonight. Thank you at home for listening. And if you have any comments on these programs, remember in this one, you need to write to charles.spitz at icloud.com, particularly if you have information about Isidore Epstein, or if you have suggestions for people who could be on People of Note or Works in the Full Works, then write to me, Cock at iafrica.com and that's r-c-o-c-k so there we are that's it for this week thank you at home for listening and thank you all for your emails and comments they're always welcome and i'll be back from tomorrow with full works from uh, 7 to 10 each evening except on a friday when it's 6 to 9 so thanks for listening and until next time from all of us here at classic 1027 we wish you a very good night